0: It's episode 144 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guests are Katie Shute and Ed Farger.
1: Hello!
2: Yay! (laughs) (laughs)
0: How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks.
0: How are you? I'm very well, thank
2: you. How are you, Stuart? I'm enjoying the Apple Ties. Thank you very much.
1: We have Apple Ties. It's
2: the most civilised podcast in the world, sitting here drinking Apple Ties out of wine glasses.
1: Yeah, it looks like wine, which is the most important thing about
2: Apple Ties. So people think we're cool. Yeah.
0: But we don't have to drink wine, which tastes horrible. It's like when you were trying to hang out with your dad.
2: Oh, the
1: No. <laughs> I just did hang out with my dad and he doesn't like drinking, so, you know, oh. really, yeah.
2: see, my, my dad shows affection through drinking, like, it's, ah, it's how... That's it...
1: what I do, that's why we're friends. <laughs> I'm your dad, basically, that's what's happening. That's good to know, thanks.
2: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they, that's literally how my dad shows affection. Like the way that he, the way that we spend most evenings as a family is, is we. My mum prepares an enormous supper, yeah. and then my dad basically pours over a glass of wine and just while we're discussing life, the universe, and everything, he just goes around and tops everyone's glass up. And oh. that's uh, yeah, that's my dad. And that's sweet.
1: Uh,
2: it's it's a bit wrong now because I'm I'm I am i i do not drink, so now he has to find other ways of showing me that he gives a crap.
1: <laughs> is that why you don't drink?
2: Yeah, I'm trying to break the system. <laughs> I'm rebelling.
1: This got dark quick, didn't it? Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's
0: good. I feel like uh, I barely had to do anything. We're already better our souls. Tell me getting more on, about the relationship. Getting with all
1: Marin Mar- 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 and <laughs> uh, Yeah, well, uh, me and my dad, we bonded over um, like uh, motor racing, kind of Formula One stuff. So we'd wake up at four a.m. and watch the Australian Grand Prix when I was a kid and wow. stuff. Just take your duvet downstairs. Which is pretty nice. But then I got to about sixteen, and I was like, oh, I don't think I really like the Grand Prix anymore. And then stopped watching it. Also, it's a whole day out of your, like, week. <laughs> really. And that's... I don't have time for that shit anymore.
0: Me and my dad used to watch A Question of Sport together. Oh, yeah. Aww. Good theme tune. And um, I realised after a while that um, I never knew any correct answers to any of the questions.
1: <laughs> it's always in both of them.
0: Well... That is, that is a good tip now. Yeah. I realised not only did I not know any correct answers. I didn't know any answers. <laughs> it was just I was completely unable to even give an incorrect answer to any of these questions. So anyway. Amazing. That explains my relationship with my father to this
1: day. So, listener, think about your father yeah. and what are your bonding experiences with them.
2: How does that make you feel?
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Which neatly leads us to sideliners. LAUGHTER Tell me about Sideliners. <laughs> What's that? Well, Sideliners is a web series that Katie and I have written. It comprises of or it is comprised of ten episodes, each ten minutes long, and it's essentially the story of a romantic comedy, only we don't see it through the perspective of the people that are falling in love. We see it through the perspective of their be- their slightly wacky best friends. So imagine seeing Notting Hill but seeing it through the eyes of the Risa fans character. Or seeing uh, Harry Matt Sally, but seeing it through the eyes of the Carrie Fisher character, um, and uh, and yeah, we kind of uh, bonded over the over the concept. Uh, actually, about this time two years ago, during the hoopla when the last when the first Hoopla marathon was happening, <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, we were just making jokes about um, about our character types, um, and uh, it kind of evolved into this idea that we had that started sort of gestating over the period of about a year as we continued to work with each other off and on again, and eventually. Um, we just got down and wrote it um and it's uh, honestly it's one of the best things i've ever done
1: talk me cool.
2: talk me through your writing process
1: okay so we didn't know what we knew what the idea was and we knew it was going to be on film video whatever however you want to say filmed, um, but so not on stage. That's all we knew, really. We had no idea of format or how long it was going to be or anything. It was just, I, I, correct me if this is this is a memory I've made up, but I, I went on a long plane journey to Saudi Arabia with Project 2. <laughs> I mean, weird, right? <laughs> uh, it was crazy. Another story. Um, but I watched some terrible rom-coms in my one and only first-class plane trip of my entire life. Probably that will never happen again. Um, and uh, we talked about this, me and Ed had talked about this idea already. So I was just like, oh, I've got time and I'm actually comfortable on the plane. So I got my laptop out and just wrote a couple of pages of, uh, a kind of the idea or a bit of the beginning of the idea of the rom-com. Um, and then when I got back, I just uh, kind of emailed it to Ed and went, look, this is a Google doc. If you want to just edit it or you want to add anything... Or if you don't have time and you can't be well, don't worry about it. And I honestly put no kind of um, expectation on that at all. It was just like, this is fun. I happen to have started something. But there's no timeline or expectation or anything. And I think immediately we just started. We both got involved. So um, Ed kind of answered mine or edited mine. I can't remember. And then it just became this back and forth of whenever we had time. It was just done online. We didn't actually see each other like... For that reason, uh, for months I think no. I think we'd written loads before we actually sat in a room and did a kind of bit of a read through.
2: Yeah, we 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 were at least fifty percent through the the episodes that we had at that time before we even sat in a room together to actually write anything. We just, um, <clears throat> basically, I'd been since we'd first spoken about it. I'd kind of thought this idea is awesome, but like I also don't want to like take this ball and run with it necessarily unless uh unless katie's up for it as well so when katie sent me that document i was like oh she is up for it okay cool well let's just let's just run with this thing and then just the pile the the pages just kind of kept coming and then uh and then once when we when we did sit down and write it um or had a writing session together in person it became clear that we had very similar ideas about where we wanted it to go Mm -hmm. very similar ideas on how the the narrative structure should happen and it just flowed incredibly easily. And then once we had finished it, like, we both kind of found ourselves just kind of going, well, that was fun. Should we make it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, it was pretty much done before. We we're like, oh, we actually have to do something with this now. That was fun, but it would be more fun to even film it. Yeah, like, That would totally. be great. But also, it's, it, is, it has been a delightful process. Mm. Like, I don't think I've written with anyone else who's, like, as on the same page. Um, and it's both. It's still delightful and surprising. It doesn't mean everything's predictable. But there's this cool thing of... We always knew we would play these characters because it came out of a conversation about how we are both the best friend, the sideliner types as actors anyway. So we're like, we're not going to play the leads ever unless the lead is a loser. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's just write the losers as the leads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is cool when you... Uh, i don't know about you but uh the the love story of us as writers is a little bit like you go oh i've got an email there's a new scene (laughs) what's gonna happen and it's really exciting and you you know kind of reading what will be your lines that are exciting or new or seeing something happen is like oh cool this incident oh i can't wait to do that that'll be really fun or kind of fucking each other up a little bit Mm -hmm. like i wrote this it's funny though, isn't it? <laughs> okay, yes. Okay. Fine. I'll do that. Um, so that's nice. And also, just the editing process was really great. So I think there was almost no times when I felt like I disagreed with anything. It was just I think we just both combed through and kind of tightened stuff up. Or, or I know we both changed our character lines a little bit because we speak differently, so to make it sound more like um, our characters. Uh, we might tweak the old word or something, or change stuff around, but yeah. But I honestly think easy. that's where the
2: that's where our improv background actually comes into it a little mm. bit, because in the writing process, we were in the constant state of of editing or adding to each other's ideas, and it was very much a yes and process. It was mm. very much a uh, bringing a, bringing a brick and then adding another brick onto it. And, and just the it just that that work ethic just built the story so mm-hmm. quickly and so easily and so simply and that's the thing it's not a complex script it's a very simple causality of like this happens therefore this happens but this happens therefore this happens and um, and our improv background made us uh, I think quite uh, not too precious about our ideas and willing to surrender ideas in the name of a of a collaborative idea that that just every time was better than, than an idea that one of us perhaps had come up with on our own if, if it was getting edited. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and it, it very quickly became clear that we actually had something that was worth, worth going for when we, we decided to have a read-through of our, of our first draft so that we could then write a second draft and see how it went. We invited some, some uh, improviser friends of ours who work professionally in the industry. They're either writers, editors, uh, directors or, or what have you and um, and not only were they laughing but they gave us incredibly great notes and we found ourselves being like well we've got to put these notes into action and mm-hmm. it just kind of snowballs from there.
1: Yeah and, it, and one of those people um, David Wigram, recommended to us he was like well now you should do it for an audience because there's only four of us and we'd done another rewrite and we'd looked a lot at structure so actually when we wrote it in the first place we didn't start with the structure we started with tropes because it's built around a rom-com so there's an inherent kind of structure and inherent bits that you're going to come up against um but we didn't do that thing of uh writing out a structure beforehand and then filling in the episodes we just kind of yeah did a linear writing of like what happens next as ed's kind of said but yeah so it was nice to in that draft and subsequent drafts of going okay well let's actually put story structure onto it and if anything isn't flowing then maybe just Tweak that according to kind of you know good old screenwriting theory. Um, so David was particularly useful with that because that's where he works, that industry. But yeah, he suggested we do a live read. So we're like, Where would we do that? Oh, hoopla, where we're like, <laughs> all the time, <laughs> who are kind enough to give us uh 90 minutes because we accidentally wrote a screenplay, is what happened, <laughs> like 100 minutes long. It's yeah, ridiculous. Um, so we put it up at Hoopla. We got about ten buddies to kind of pop in as different cast members and stuff. Um, and you know what? I think maybe because I was busy, I just hadn't thought about that beforehand. Like we obviously like asked them to be involved, and it was lovely to have people listen. And we recorded it, and we can hear where the laughs are, and talk to people, and got feedback and everything. But what was really cool and the beautiful thing about this improv community is. You know, just actors saying your words or improvisers reading your words. And they, like Ed was saying, they add something. And I know that's so obvious in retrospect, but I hadn't really thought about it at the time. So it's just like, oh, wow, this line sings now. And, you know, we might have written some good jokes. We did write some good jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, in the delivery, they they gather so much. Mm. It's really cool. Um, So that was just another, you know, another exciting reason to make it because we're like, cool, we can actually put these people, we can put people in it. They'll be really talented. Right? That'll make it even better. But I, I do think, uh, again, I'm just justifying while we're on the London Improv podcast, because <laughs> this is a script. But um, yeah, as Ed says, even though it was a writing process, it did feel like a collaborative improv process, and we do have this community around us. But there's also quite a strong tradition of, like, you know, an improv background-breeding script. I mean, Broad City is the kind of... The the big breakout, you know, people that were like, we can't make it on a Harold team. God damn it, we'll just make our own stuff, you know what I mean? Or, you know, obviously Second City has always been this uh, breeding ground or uh, creating or um, putting artists through the system and ending up on SNL and all that kind of stuff. And my first, like, real training outside of just doing, like, Mayday's drop-ins and stuff in performance improv was Second City, where half of my day was improv and the other half of my day was sketch. So for me, it's it's very linked. And if you are doing like follow me type improv, you are you are writing, um, you are being present with someone on stage. But if you if you're doing that dynamic kind of UCB ish style, you are going here is my sketch idea, play it with me. Um, so there's definitely a lot of that angle on it as well.
2: Totally. And each episode, when it has a clear premise, was really fun to get on board with particularly given the, the, the tropes of the genre. So, for instance, just having one episode which is just going to be about the meet-cute, about the idea of when uh, when the two protagonists, in inverted commas, uh, when they bump into each other, like like Hugh Grant bumping into Julie Roberts and spilling orange juice all over her, Uh, doing doing that, finding a way of doing that and then commenting on it by way of the people that are watching it from the side being like, oh, God, that's so awkward. Wait, why are they getting along better now? (laughs) Why are they not introducing each other to their solicitor?
1: (laughs) It is that weird thing in real life, though. I'm sure you've had this as well, when you know that your friends just need or want to get together and neither of them can say it and it's so weird. I mean... (sighs) edit self (laughs) can i do it can i say that i mean i mean heather and jules there was a long time when it was like uh when's it gonna happen (laughs) a little bit i mean maybe edit that out i don't know but but it was for so long that it was a get a room show and it was like can you please just can you please just be boyfriend and girlfriend because it's going on forever um but it's obvious from the outside i think that's the thing about doing it from the best friend's point of view is when it's not you so when it is you right you're continually questioning and being like oh my god i hope i don't ruin this relationship and you know like i love our friendship and i don't want to ruin this or that or whatever else or you just think not into me whatever neuroses you've got you'll just pile onto it even if you fancy that person or the other way around where someone reveals they're into you and you're like oh yeah i hadn't thought of you like that oh yeah you're attractive fine i don't know it's really hard to tell internally isn't it and, yeah, from the outside, it's just easy. It's like being an improv teacher where you're like, this is why this scene was terrible. Oh, yeah, you were working really hard. That's why you didn't notice that. I'm just sat here. It's really easy for me to tell you what's gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. it's like
0: having the audience. Is The, is the audience goes solve
2: the problem but then they're sat
0: watching they're not actually having to be in and listening and Mm. creating
1: and everything
2: yeah Yeah, totally I mean we're going to be in the other situation in a minute because we're going to have to put sideliners out there for the world in in (laughs) (laughs) mean, during the read through it was absolutely amazing because people the thing about the improv community in London as well is that it's so insanely supportive not only did we have people just absolutely volunteering themselves to, to jump up on stage and take part in any way they wanted we had a slew of people that just came along and just wanted to wanted to watch us read the script we just we were just standing on stage <laughs> reading the script and every, and a whole mess of people came along and, and just watched us do it and laughed along and gave us notes and feedback it was a beautiful thing I love our improv community it's cool isn't it god blesses everyone <laughs> the fun
1: thing also was that we literally had exactly a hundred minutes yeah. or something and our script is a hundred minutes long so we're like we got no time for pleasantries Guys, <laughs> <I do. laughs> it was just like straight through. We're like, you need the toilet, you just go when you need to go, guys. <laughs> like, Get a drink when you want, you're gonna miss an episode. Um, but that's quite fun, yeah. No, it's it is lovely to just mm. be able to like, can we have this space for this long? It's it's such an amazing resource. We're really grateful for that. Not mm. everyone has access to that, and I and I know as a theater maker, you know, that the rest of the time I'm uh, paying actors and and for transport and space and you know props and all that kind of stuff. So knowing that improv is a little bit more accessible than theatre is is very cool. Um, although it might be different than when I started because I know there's so much improv in London now that actually finding stage time might be a little bit more difficult than uh, yeah me putting my flag in being like I've been here for ages. Can I have a main Can I have a main bit of this show? I <laughs> <know?"> <laughs> yeah, I don't know
0: and uh people can get involved with the next stage of Signliners, can they yeah they can yeah.
1: um we're gonna do an indie go-go because um we thought about just filming it and just making it because it'd be fun and then we're like but how how can we film 10 episodes um and we sat down with a lot of um again lovely friends mostly from the improv community and tried to get everyone's advice like um we have friends that work at bbc or independent uh, makers of uh, stuff and everyone had slightly different advice, but the main thing was, like, if you want control, but you also want it to be really good, then to make your own pilot means you get to make it exactly as you want it. Um, you can have whatever director you want, you can change it in any way you want, you can have the actors you want, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it won't look professional unless you have a professional crew. So, yeah, we're going to do an Indiegogo so that we can get about 10 grand together, which is the smallest amount, calling in all the favours to get, like, nice top-end kit so it sounds good and it looks good, uh, and then everything else is just people helping us. Mm. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of different ways people can help us. Yeah. I think there's, you know, anyone with any experience in that field is literally being on set or helping out. Uh, and then, yeah, Indiegogo is funding as well, so if people have you know, a tenner up to a billion pounds and they want to spend it on us, then that's great. I know. And I, and I feel weird asking for that. But um, we both read Amanda Palmer. <laughs> so we're like, yes, it's OK to ask for things because I always feel guilty about like, oh, I'm just asking for a charity thing. But it's not, is it? Because I funded stuff because I'm excited about it and um, things like Con Man, did you ever see that, with Alan Tudyk, Alan Tudyk. he's great, he's from Firefly, so stuff like that, um, where I'm like, ooh, they're fun actors, I want them to make more stuff, um, you just put a few quid in, and then for a few years after that, every, every time it came up, I was like, I made that, I didn't make that, I like, <laughs> put 10 bucks in, or whatever I did, but I, I really felt like that was a, yeah. a part, you know, or Pajama Man, they made a series, that funded that, and loads of improv festivals and stuff, but um, you know i do it so i guess there are other people who want to feel like they're a part of it too
2: totally i'd like i've i've i donate to crowdfunding things the whole time and like and you know things like things that, that we're all familiar with by now things like the bristol improv theater and the oh, yeah. nursery theater when they're at Theatre delhi and one of those chairs that has my name as i'm sure that yes. it. it also has other people's names mm-hmm. on there um and yeah you, you know you do feel that you are a part of that you are a brick in that building. You are a part of that experience. And in Sideliners, you very much will be because our our budget is not much. Any any money that gets contributed, any services that get contributed, they're going to help us enormously. And really, like in in many ways, we the crowdfunding is a very natural way of going about it by virtue of the ep- the length of the episodes. You know, they're ten minute episodes, which means getting airtime for them on something like a on like a TV schedule would be strange unless we. I mean, I combine them or fan them out, but then we'd have less episodes, and it wouldn't necessarily fit into a series structure. And then we could turn it into a movie, but then it doesn't really form the movie structure. And then, uh, but then trying to get funding for a movie is crazy at the minute. And then you know, the movie industry at the minute is dead because of Brexit, and all this complication comes into it when you try and and try and push it further than than maybe you need to. And really, if we if if other people can get excited by this idea, which I think they can do. And if other people can find the find the find the charity themselves to take part in the project, um, then uh, then yeah, I, I see no reason why uh, why we can't like make the series together. And honestly, there is not a project that I have ever been involved in that I believe in more. Um, it's um, it's been the thing that I really want to put my back into uh, since I mean since university since since I finished like since I first made my student film and tried That's to take awesome. it to a film festival. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. It's cool. And
0: it's do nice. you have uh, particular rewards lined up for people that... Uh...
1: Yeah, we do. Let's see if I can remember any of them. Um, there's like basic things of uh, the first one is like, just just give us money because you're one of those people. <laughs> I, and I say that because I, I sometimes want to contribute to things, but I kind of don't want someone to have to post me a t-shirt. Yeah. I'm just like, I just want to give you some money. <laughs> just don't bother with all the other stuff. Yeah. So there's that. And then there's like, um, we've got a sweet t-shirt design actually. I thought of not Making any stuff, but actually, my husband Tony Harris came up with a really cool design, and I was like, Oh, yeah, we're making t shirts now. <laughs> yeah, it's, <amazing. laughs> uh, it's really nice. It's um, uh, John Cusack, you know, holding up the uh, tape deck, yeah. Um, but then there's me and Ed sat on a sofa, like looking around him. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, hey, <laughs> yeah. in we, we
2: get to be on the sidelines of say anything, which is uh, yeah. perfect. <laughs>
1: um so there's that but then there's also other stuff like you can uh book us for an improv show basically we can be in your improv show or come and entertain you um or you can
2: be a part of our improv show we we're and we do a two-prof show sometimes which is we'll take any movie the uh the audience wants to see and we'll turn it into a rom-com regardless of whether or not that's that's uh designed for the thing we can we can do that for them or even with them we can do that we can have someone jump in on our set and join us doing turning i don't know Turning uh, uh, the, his master, what was the King's speech, turning that into a musical, into a rom com or something like that. I was yeah. gonna say, turn it into a musical. We're not gonna turn it into a musical. <laughs> <laughs> guys,
1: we're not turning the King's speech <laughs> into a, a musical. musical. Oh. Although, sorry. That
2: is an amazing idea. All right, it's a new perk, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> 500 pounds. 500 pounds. And then there's other stuff like um you can just have a chat with us online about whatever you want. So if you wanna get into improv or you want some notes on a show or you just wanna hang out, with us as nerds you're welcome to do that we've got first screening tickets so as soon as that episode is made we'll have a big party and then everyone that's contributed at that level or above gets tickets for that and then we've got kind of like VIP versions of that and then I just put a 10 grand one in there because I was like I don't know someone might do that I don't know which is just like whatever you want (laughs) You've just made our episodes, so yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever you want, man. I mean,
2: cra- crazier, crazier things have happened, and you never know unless you ask. Basically, any yeah, multiple totally. of 10 grand, we get to make another episode. Yes. Uh, uh, I say this as a person that literally <laughs> literally tweeted Amanda Palmer today saying, could we get a, bl- a blessing from the goddess of crowdfunding, please?
1: Yeah. yeah. She, I think she replied to my book one a couple of years ago. Did she? I think she was like, well done. I'll have to go and find it. Yeah but well, she saying? inspired me too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely totally. she's cool I like cool. her read her book yeah. you want to do anything with your life
2: The Art of Asking <laughs> available at, on Amazon Yeah, <laughs>
0: and other places And that pay the... their taxes oh,
1: yeah, yeah it's oh, true.
2: just are. saying just
0: saying
1: <laughs> Indiegogo pays their taxes yeah. actually I have no do for that know. <laughs> actually I do they made me fill in a tax form so ah, yay yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the only time I'll cheer taxes <laughs>
1: Not in January, that's for sure.
0: Um, You're also both in the Maydays. Yeah. Or should I say, what of you is a Mayday? And what is a Mayday in
2: training? Is that the correct terminology? I guess so. Which is which?
1: I'm a Mayday. I've always been a Mayday. 15 years.
2: Uh, no, yeah, I've, I've recently uh, joined the ranks, uh, and I have been taking part in Mayday's uh, shows and, and courses and stuff as of last week, basically, as of the Mayday's improv retreat, which happened in Dorset, um, and the end of September. And I'm thrilled. <laughs> it's a very
0: exciting time. What's it like being A, a Mayday, mm-hmm. and B, a Mayday in training? What? <laughs>
2: You answer the first bit, I'll answer the second.
1: (laughs) Uh, What's it like being a Mayday? I know nothing else. Um, It's weird because it's just been so long for me. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before, but um, it's like all my best mates, a lot of my best work, um, it's just a cool company I love being in it it's amazing I'm pretty sure if I auditioned for it now they'd be like no thanks <laughs> uh, I got in before that was a problem so I'm sure props to anyone who's actually done the auditions um, yeah I just snuck in by going to the drop-in for a while and then and then no. Uh, my friend Rachel Blackman was like, you should be in the company. And I was like, how does how does that work? And she was just like, ask John. It's like, John, can I be in the company? He's like, yeah, see you earlier next week. I was <laughs> like, great, I guess I'm in the Maydays. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, but now it's like, what, three recalls or something. Yeah. 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 So
2: compare that yeah. process yeah. with yeah. the <laughs> process now. <laughs> my, my process was quite different. No, um, yeah, no. Uh, there was uh, an announcement of or, uh, auditions, and funnily enough, I was I was with Katie when when I heard about it. In fact, it was Katie that told me that they were happening. Um, we were at the uh, the Vaults Festival, just hanging out, and then just uh, and Katie just sort of announced the table, just like, uh, "Does anyone fancy uh, auditioning for the Maydays?" And I th- uh, heard that, and I was just like, "No just for new Maydays," and but I wanted to sound cool and, <laughs> and sort of and, and sort of calm, so I kind of went. Uh yeah sure, and I didn't say it loud enough, so Katie didn't hear. Me. She's like no one. Okay, fine. I was like yeah, yes, <laughs> me please. That was your window. That was the window.
0: The yeah, window yeah. Is now closed. <laughs> no, don't miss out. Follow, <laughs> <Promo, promo!
2: laughs> And then so yeah, so Katie sent me the form, and then uh, I applied, and yeah, the, I there there were two auditions, and then I started attending rehearsals. And, uh, and, yeah, and after rehearsals for about three months, everyone went away to Edinburgh <laughs> and performed for a bit. And then uh, when everyone came back, uh, yes, and started a whole new sort of cycle. So at the minute, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm in the process of becoming a Mayday, which is extremely exciting, uh, a little bit intimidating. That I'm, I'm improvising with all my heroes, which is very exciting and intimidating. Um, but uh, I think that I've come over that hill of being sort of, of being starstruck and uh, what uh, <laughs> you don't think Star, <laughs> Star Stark too strong a word Ugh, <laughs> no I'm
1: like you're over it yeah. oh, oh no what's going on there
2: <laughs> well like, like basically the, the, like, over the retreat there were three shows that were played one was, was a show where the whole company just got together and just performed a freeform set and it was insanely fun uh, and very quick and, and mad because there were 12 people on stage at once the uh, second show I was in was a, a musical Armando uh, which I was, uh, I suppose, primarily a monologist for. I, I, I just came forward and, and did a monologue and then uh, was in a couple of scenes. But the third show was this uh, audience-suggested uh, format, which was... Oh, yeah.
1: Can I do the background of this? Yeah, do it, do it. So basically, so we do this Mayday's Improv Retreat, which is you go to the Dorset countryside... With a bunch of other people for like five days wednesday through sunday basically you pick and choose all different classes all week and then maydays do a show pretty much every night and then there's a bunch of jams and like other activities and stuff that people can do so uh, me and liz as artistic directors program what shows they'll be um but maydays never really play with more than i would say six people on stage apart from twice a year at this uh retreat slash intensive and um And it's always crazy. (laughs) So I I tried to do a format where we could all just... You could hear from everyone and it wasn't too mad. Um, So we did did a pretty good... first show i think it was nice like everyone got a tiny bit of stage time at least and it wasn't hectic and not too much of a pile-on um so nice freeform show because we want to demonstrate that and then the other nights we want to demonstrate that we can do like a follow me kind of show or a, a premise show which was the armando that ed mentioned um and then uh happily never after which is narrative um, and then the other one, we were like, okay, so we're asking loads of other people to take risks all week. We're, we're asking them to step outside their comfort zone like four or five times a day. So what are we doing that is that, apart from doing massive cast shows? Um, so we asked all the, everyone that was there to anonymously or named pitch shows for us. So they just filled them out on a little bit of paper and put them in a box. And the winning one was...
2: It was a rock opera through hell. Uh, Which ended up being this kind of Rocky Horror style sort of epic about uh jennifer jordan dying at a drinks party and then uh, supplanting uh beelzebub as the ruler of hell and it was amazing <laughs> and through the, through the course of those three shows i started the first show i was absolutely bricking it and i said to everyone afterwards i was like that was really fun but i was terrified and then by the end of the week and by the end by that third show when we were doing a massive musical all together uh just felt great about it and uh yeah and being being uh one of the Maydays is um, extremely enjoyable.
0: Brilliant. Um, there, were, there were costumes involved in this last one. Tell yeah. me about the costumes. Because <laughs> I've seen the pictures and I need some things explaining.
1: Well, they have like a, a costume cupboard in this retreat place. So we're just like... Sorry, that, so
0: that was my mystified face. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work on an audio medium. No, no, no. I mean, of course they do. Of
1: course they do. Why not? Um, so we decided at our dinner meeting at half past six that that was the show we were going to do or well, me and liz decided just before and kind of told everyone and checked everyone was okay with it we had a couple of backup shows if they didn't <laughs> want to do it uh and then we had like 10 minutes so like right what's in there um we had what do we have they're like some some like brightly colored uh kind of rock wigs and stuff as like i think liz found a leather dress uh you found a leather waistcoat yeah you know just it was a bit like meatloaf kind of yeah.
2: Heather found a fantastic red and black spiky mullet that
1: was yeah. fun that's cool yeah so we accessorised heavily fantastic. and then we all sweated a lot during that show Not which is good. a lot more hard work than any of our other shows because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're singing <laughs> you're doing belting the whole time because yeah. that's the style everyone's basically being Tina Turner or Meatloaf for 45 minutes or whatever it was.
2: It also took five people to create Beelzebub uh, because for, because Liz was was the, the character but then Beelzebub had horns, had a tail, had wings and other things that I won't go into that is special only really for the people that got to see that show.
1: <laughs> Let's just say I played the biggest part of my life <laughs> It's funny doing the game, game of the scene as, as a body part you know? right What other things can I do? Like uh, it was quite interesting, little tiny bubble that my head was in of like, how do I relate to this moment through this character? <laughs> I up with quite a lot of things. <laughs> yeah.
0: I had seen the pictures, but I don't think they do justice to what you have actually been there. I'll, I'll show you the video show. once we're off the air. <laughs>
1: After 11pm. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Improv London podcast after dark. <laughs> where we replace the appetizer with real alcohol. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then we tell the truth about the improv scene. <laughs> like Howard Stern. Yeah. In alphabetical order, start and oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, Katie, you mentioned um, a long plane trip uh, mm-hmm. as part of Project 2. Yeah. Tell me about the plane trip and Project 2. What's oh, that? Oh, sure.
1: So we went out to Saudi Arabia to do a Project 2 show. Which Who are was we? crazy. Oh, me and Chris Mead and Fred Deakin. Um, so yeah we improvise science fiction so there's this there's this massive cultural center out there that they were kind of doing a launch or relaunch of loads of cool stuff and they had all these interesting artists and scientists and stuff doing talks and things and I think we were really there because of Fred. Um, so he was doing um, a talk about like design and music and stuff um, and then we did a did a show there but the, the place is crazy it's just... <laughs> the biggest building in the world or something and it was um, uh, Fred's design and stuff was projected onto this massive massive building that uh, maybe it was the most expensive building in the world but it was massive Um, but it was just one of those weird jobs you get as a freelancer when you're like "Um, so we're just going to fly to Saudi Arabia for a long weekend (laughs) just fly in we do a show we do a class we did a couple of classes out there and then fly back again but it's just you know, it's a completely different culture. It was really interesting. There were things for me and Chris that were new. There was like, um, it's not really appropriate to touch each other on stage, ah. you know, things like that. So, um, it's hard and, to
0: get the maydays to stop touching each other. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> it was only two of us, <laughs> you know, right? Um, but that was interesting. So, and it was actually fine when we we're on stage. Um, but there was one point, I think, where I where I reached out for his hands and he was like, <gasps> like no. and I think that would have been fine but it was just it wasn't right for that environment yeah so they and they gave us like guidelines and stuff so yeah and I, and I needed to wear it in a bio when I was out there which is like a, a full length kind of dress almost or robe um, and I bought one from um, just down the road from me uh, before I went and it was just like black you know long sleeves full length um, didn't need a headscarf there. I took one anyway, just in case. But um, when I got there, they were like, "Oh, that's not a cool one." <laughs> and they had it, and they gave me a designer abaya, which was absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I I just wear in the summer because it's so damn nice. But um, yeah, we were treated like celebs, and it was. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Had Fantastic. Yeah.
0: And there's more Project 2 stuff on the way?
1: Yeah, um, we've got a few gigs in the autumn. We're going to be up in Bristol and uh, Nottingham. We've got a couple of festivals, and, and we're playing at Hoopla here and there as well. So, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on. And then we're just planning for like what we want to do with it next year. Because we obviously did that huge tech show at the end of last year, which used like, VR technology and stuff. So we're trying to find somewhere to place that. But it has to be, like, we have to have the venue the whole time because it takes, like, eight hours to set up. Wow. So you can't do a 15-minute turnaround. No. <laughs> um, that won't work. So it has to be a residential show. But there's, yeah, we're, we're looking at places to pod there in a moment.
0: Cool. Fantastic. Yeah. And um, both of you are in Ron
2: Rom-com. Yeah, rom-com, yeah, that's uh, yeah, wrong as in wrong idea, and com as in comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a rom-com but wrong. Ah. Uh, and that is our uh, that is our uh, uh, movie turning a movie into a rom-com. It used to be called all movies are rom-coms, and that's a hell of a long sentence for for a show title. Yes.
1: Yeah, and I kept calling it every movie is a rom-com or something, and then we just <laughs> yeah. uh, let's just call it something else. <laughs> <laughs> I I people, including us. Totally. Um, but yeah, the ones we've done. Oh, so that was a bit show at Hoopla Marathon, which I think this episode is going to come out after the Hoopla Marathon. Sorry for everything I did. Um,
2: yeah, that pie you put in my face for the third time, third year in a row. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll
1: tell you about that in a minute. But yeah, uh, Roncom is, yeah. Uh, the ones we've done are like Terminator 2. Terminator 2, that was the call out. Isn't that great? That Not Terminator, Terminator. Terminator 2, two, two. specifically, yeah, yeah, which is uh, brilliant.
0: I've got a whole Terminator short form game I'll show you. That uh, in a minute. Oh, <laughs> oh, I definitely
1: want to hear about that. And then we we got a shout out for Home Alone, yeah, we which didn't we didn't get it, to do, Home Alone. which would have been amazing because uh, I think the burglars could have fallen in love. And guys that would have been
2: beautiful. If if ever you if ever you see rom com on stage, give us Home Alone. Yeah, yeah
1: Home Alone. We, we want to do that. Right? Yeah, yeah, we've uh, done uh, Aliens,
2: oh Alien rather, that was amazing, and we've done Existence, which was <laughs> very surreal. (laughs)
1: which no one's seen apart from John Monkhouse and he was the
2: one who gave the offer yeah but I love John
1: Monkhouse so I'll do whatever show he wants So that's fun. Yeah. Um, but that started as a, as a bit show, like a late night, 10 minute stupid idea show. Yeah. Um, and then Steve and maybe Angela, I don't know, a couple of people saw it and were like, can you please do that at regular hoopla? And we're like, <laughs> oh, you're serious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So we've only done like 15 minute ones or 20 minutes. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. 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 Uh, and I put it in as a late night pitch for an Amsterdam show because the Maydays are going out there anyway. Um, and uh, and they booked it and I was like oh it's 45 minutes that's fun <laughs> so i uh, probably have to do a bit of work on that so we're doing a late night one uh, this season I can't yeah. remember when somewhere in October October.
2: The, I want to say October 16th I think maybe something like okay cool yeah, yeah. yeah. People can use the internet to look it up. Yeah, use the internet.
1: Yeah, so that's Because
2: you're going, to, you're going to Brighton for the 17th and 18th to do that. Summon demons. So I think it's the 16th.
1: Okay, nice, good plug. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the Terminator game?
2: Oh, I just wanted to have it. So,
0: um, so um, the plot of Terminator, it happens, but it happens at all different time periods as yeah. well. So you would get for the suggestion of um, a location that Sarah Connor is in and mm-hmm. and also the time period that she's in. So you could have it as the French Revolution mm-hmm. and then she could be, I don't know, in, in Paris or whatever. And then you play out Terminator um uh, but you're playing it in a different historical period yes! or something like that <laughs> something like that
1: no that's great that's <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: fun so, so the
1: yeah, same brilliant. things
0: happen but they change based on you know where Sarah connor is and oh, what I time uh, what time period it is or something <laughs> yeah, like that that's good cuz i love historical improv and if people and you know love about robots. the time, and i love robots so and <laughs> like, why not why not put them together oh my um, gosh. but if so if someone knows about a historical period then brilliant we get lots of details but when anyway, people don't yeah. then that's also delightful. Or when, because I know in Dr. Tuprov, we sometimes get years that they yeah. want us to go to and it won't be like 1789. It'll be like 1769 in Paris or right. something like that. And it's like, well, I'm pretty sure in about 20 years there's going to be a revolution <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not sure what's supposed to be actually happening now. So that's, that's, oh. that's always a fun thing to play. We
1: We had that when we did Quantum Leap uh, with the Maydays for, for a year or two, however long that ran. And that was like, it's, you have to learn between 1953 and whenever the series stopped, which I think was late 90s. But actually, we, I think we did it up to the year that we were actually in. Oh, <laughs> right, yeah, So you yeah. can suggest any year that Sam leaps into. Mm. Um, so we all took a decade each to, to like get good at all the historical wow. points. So there was at least one in the, one person in the show who would know who was president, what was going down, like all that kind of stuff. Apart from Lloydie, who was just mu- music. Because he knows all of music and what year it is. Ah, and yeah, it is. So yeah, he'd yeah, drop yeah, all yeah. the music references. And, and Rihanna's pretty good at that as well. But uh, yeah, that was interesting. That was weird to have, have, to, have to do the little bit of research, yeah. you know, and then just be like, what year is it going to be? and then it would inevitably be like 2007 you're like ah fine <laughs> 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 What did I learn about the 60s <laughs> yeah but yeah I feel you
2: yeah. I'd love to see that, that sequence in the Terminator game where like it goes to the French Revolution and you have the Arnold you have the Arnold walk in and be like I want your clothes your boots and your musket <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah
1: exactly or whatever yeah, totally fill, fill in the blank. I want yeah. your horse <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah yes <laughs>
2: I want your clothes your boots and your cravat. <laughs> Your Padavic, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's good. You have to make this.
0: <laughs> well, I've been told I have to make this, so I will make this.
1: Oh, I've got a fun new time show. Go for it. Which is uh, as of today. Uh, so basically, someone got in touch, and well, Angela got in touch, and went, and Steve said, um, "We got this twenty-minute uh, spot at the marathon." You've got stupid ideas. <laughs> Keep telling us about all the time and asking for shows for. So fill this twenty minutes. And on Tuesday in my science fiction class, we did uh, my new format. Um, it's always stupid when people say that because it's always a rip off of a film that exists. But anyway, uh, Groundhog Play. So uh, yeah. it's the wake up, wake up every day the same. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god, it was so fun on Tuesday. So today I just emailed all my students and went, "Should we do this for twenty minutes?" And they were like, "Yes." So that's fun wow it's so fun
0: so so you're you're doing groundhog day which
1: um so it's not it's not actually groundhog day it's any genre and any characters it's it's
0: it's the time loop it's a time
1: loop but it's not like a multiverse time loop it's just like you're living the same day over again yeah yeah because i know there's a lot of different time travel in the world (laughs) yeah it's the russian doll slash um groundhog day slash happy death day Slash happy death day to you.
0: Which I really enjoyed both of those. They're good, aren't they? I, really, I was slightly surprised, yeah, but actually saw them both at the cinema and really, really loved them. They're great, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, and it yeah, feels well, a bit
1: shameful to say because they're like kind of trashy, like obvious films, but they are great. Yeah, definitely. So if you fun. like
0: that sort of thing, check those out. Yeah,
1: I like them a lot. Yeah, My
0: uh, my best friend at the time, Mark, uh, when um, Groundhog Day came out, he went to see it four or five times at the cinema, which is sort of quite meta, really. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah, really right, yeah. about it.
1: Oh, my friend Ben Stevens had a lovely story about that. So he he um, loves films, and he uh, tweeted the guy who plays Ned Ryerson in it, who's the annoying kind of uh, sales guy that he meets on the street, Bill Murray meets on the street. Um, and uh, he said, um, ha- "It's so cool when you get punched in the face and you like have you, you look somewhere." And and the guy that played Ned Ryerson replied and went, "Oh yeah, I asked the director like, where do you want me to look when I get punched in the face?'" <laughs> and the, and the director was like you can do that oh my gosh so like, look at the clock tower yeah that's it, it? so i just like watching that moment in Grand Hull day and go oh that's cool you, you, that was a very clear comedy decision just yeah. for that uh, moment such it's a really great nice. moment
2: in that movie no, we're, uh, Yesland, again, this is going after the marathon, but the, uh, Yesland are running a jam first thing in the, uh, like at 10 o'clock in the morning on the, uh, on the Saturday of the marathon. And it's breakfast themed, so we're going to be hosting it in like pajamas and bathrobes and stuff. <laughs> uh, and for the music that's going to be playing when everyone jumps on, up on stage, it's going to be that bit from I Got You Babe from Groundhog <laughs> again and again. Like, so put your little hand in mine as everyone got on stage. You have to
1: open with everybody get your booties on. you the <laughs> that that there.
2: It's called out there every day. What is it, Miami? Not hardly.
0: <laughs> um, yes, I'd like you to tell me more about Yesland, but before I do that, and I've said this to you before, I'm prepared to put this on tape. Uh, you run an excellent jam.
2: That's so sweet. Your Thank you organization, so much. Your
0: organisation, when I've done tech and things like that before, if I know Ed is running a show, I'm like, oh, that's fine. I can relax. We're in safe hands. Everything's going to be like run smoothly. We're going to do it to time. If things are on stage, you're going to be like just everyone's going to be looked after it's going to be a wonderful thing so whenever you're running a show i'm like oh thank god for that because like you know not everyone runs it as well as you
2: do oh <laughs> that's so sweet dude i mean credit for that has to go to you aircraft as well who who hosts um yes land with me and every before every show we structure the the games carefully and the timing carefully and she has a soundboard that we use and she's amazing on tech and we we share we share the 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 game of yes land together so she has to get credit for that too but i've massively appreciate that dude thank you and we have a lovely bunch of people that come to yes land and uh last night was no exception so when 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 last night we had both you and monica on stage together yes. doing a scene that was awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 well thank you
0: for um uh, arranging that monica ostaska uh previous guest on the improv london podcast yes we met up and had a really nice chat and then getting to do a scene together uh we were cast as uh, rival bus conductors. Oh, yeah, that's a
1: good shot. It was out.
0: amazing. That so was once good. we'd explained to what Monica what a bus conductor <laughs> was, <laughs> um, and then yeah, that could have gone either way, but I just thought, oh, I can't, somebody told me, somebody suggested to me that um, if you're in a, if you're having an argument or something like that, or you're having a disagreement on stage, you can ask the question, how do we get to be like this? Mm. yes so that you know you've established why you're still there and that there is sort of love between you sort of thing so um, so I used that and yeah made out that even though we were rivals we were really rivals because we were yeah. so similar because we both
1: care about the we, bosses yeah, and we
0: both cared nice. about each other ultimately and it was like this um. <laughs> is just I don't always have that much fun in a jam, what can I say? It, it worked beautifully,
2: man. It worked beautifully. And then and then um, it ended with uh, Yuya uh, played uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough with uh, Marvin Gaye, the duet. And uh, the pair of them held a ticket together and just spun slowly <laughs> in the soft light. Uh. <laughs> that was amazing. That was a beautiful scene, man. Thank you very much. I'm going to steal that, by the way. <laughs> and also, you got to utter the, the, the classic line <laughs> yes. We're not so different, <laughs> you and <laughs> I. <you laughs> <are. laughs> <laughs>
1: You ran a great jam at the Maydays. They did some... Pi- it was a uh, national talk, like a pirate day. So, uh, and, um, uh, Jennifer and Ed ran, like, a awesome late-night pirate jam. Oh, uh, that, that was fun. That awesome. was really nice. I mean,
0: so what are your top tips for uh, portraying a pirate? Uh,
2: <laughs> uh, wear no shirt. Do wear a leather vest. Wow. Uh, wear an eye patch. Yeah. Wear a hat that fits. So... Uh, and uh, talk like a pirate if you can if you can maintain it which I do not <laughs> um, yeah and that was super fun and, and Jennifer wore a full like, like uh, full beard on her face and, like, uh, like she wore it for way longer than I would have done because those things are warm <laughs> uh, and we, had, we did a super fun jam at the, at the retreat that was amazing
1: I've got a good beard record. We, me and Chris did the full Liverpool Improvathon. And I think I got halfway through before I was like, maybe my skin will never recover. Unless I take the <laughs> and I this beard off. It was like literally stuck to my face for about 20 hours. Oh. And I was like, mm, maybe the last 16 hours I won't wear this. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so moving from pirates to pies.
1: <laughs> nice one. Yes.
0: Good work. done 144 of these. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. A dozen doesn't. <laughs> Tell me... Uh, uh, tell me about uh, putting pies in each other's faces.
1: Oh, yeah. So just to give you context, listener, Stuart came in and we're like, we're not ready yet. Uh, Ed's, gone to, Ed's gone to buy some shaving foam. that what? Uh, and then we're trying to take pictures of pies. Part, partly, right, so there's this whole history thing.
0: i, I finish the bit about the, the shaving oh, yeah. stuff that Ed okay. got.
1: So we needed to take a picture for reasons that I'll go into of us like met, nearly pieing each other. And um, I realised when I got here that the shaving foam that I'd held onto for like a year since the last time this happened had uh, basically run out. So Ed uh, popped out to the shop to get some more. It took him ages. He got locked out of the building. Uh, I wasn't looking at my phone, so I didn't let him back in. Lift uh, wasn't
2: working. had to sit the stairs.
1: And then he got in and was like, right. At least we're here. And then he just squirted some blue gel <laughs> onto a plate, um, which was not useful at all. all so he for had
2: to nothing. Throw it in a bin. Yeah. Uh,
1: so that's quite funny.
2: I-, I was still determined to try and make it work, though. I was sitting there for five minutes just gooing it up, <laughs> trying to make it foamy. And then Kate just said. You know, you're just doing that for you, right? Yeah. <laughs> also, it's blue. Yeah, <laughs> it's not
1: gonna it's gonna stop Beach. it being blue, mate. Yeah. look <laughs> yeah. like a custard if it's blue. Yeah. No,
2: but the history of this actually does tie into sideline, it is does. funny enough, because like obviously, because Katie and I knew each other from like uh, like uh, Project Two used to play on on the Giggle Loop nights. Mm. Giggle Loop used to play on the Project Two nights. was um, a mutual
1: love affair. It was a mutual yeah. love affair.
2: We loved Project Two, and and Project Two uh, loved us, which mm-hmm. was lovely. Um, and um, and yeah, and then uh, after, after a while, we started like uh, appearing on the same sort of scratch teams and stuff like that. And then um, we started meeting up every now and again after the North Coast had been, um, been in, in London we met up to do improv uh, rhyming a lot, like almost weekly we'd meet up and just improvise some raps and some cyphers and stuff. And then eventually Katie just sent me a message like, was do you want to do something dumb at the, at the marathon? Like uh, uh, do a silent scene or I don't know, custard pie each other in the face or something like that. And there's like, oh, guess... let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think
1: that might have been your idea. Yeah. To, I don't know. I don't know actually.
2: It I, I, I think I was doing T-minus T- at the time. I definitely remember proposing, it might have been me actually because I think I might have proposed, okay, there's a timer, just like with T minus. Yeah. When it runs out, something crazy happens, like we pie each other in the face, yeah, or, right. or we slap each other in the face, or we do something different. Yeah. Um, and um, and yeah, and then uh, that that was insanely fun when we did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Lunn was our pie minister, which is to say that he was he was mon- monitoring the pies and making sure they were they were holding their stability. Uh, I lost got a pie in the face uh and that was mocked for the next year uh and then the marathon came back around together next year we decided to first one we called pie day night Mm -hmm. second one we called uh pie hard uh (laughs) and uh yeah and then we were i've still got the the text exchange where we were just doing pie pun put downs (laughs) i think
1: that lasted several weeks it lasted
2: weeks they were amazing (laughs) Uh, now it's
1: gifts. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening this year. <laughs> uh,
2: and yeah, and I lost the I lost the second one as well. Uh, so when that was when we actually had Jennifer Jordan as a referee. <laughs> yeah,
1: she she called out one of the rules and pied me, but Ed has never pied me, so yeah. I feel like
2: that's the thing. I'm I'm good. I'm two 0 down, so this year we're calling it pie back, <laughs> which
1: is preemptive. <laughs> <laughs> listener. I I figure I'm safe. I figure yeah, I'm good.
2: weirdly the, the listener or knows better than we do as well or that's true. <gasps> oh
1: no. Maybe we need an alternate version. Ah, oh, nuts! Okay.
2: <laughs> Victory is mine!
1: <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I can't believe this. <laughs> the
2: thing is, I don't, I don't believe it either. My, my, my reflexes are terrible. I'll never get to the pie first. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. destined to be Hans Gruber in this relationship. <laughs> and even
1: though I'm like, I'm fine with it, otherwise I wouldn't be in this show, I still get really competitive. <laughs> Given any opportunity, I'm like, ha ha! Oh, oh, yeah. I guess I won that again.
0: It's
1: probably very annoying.
0: (laughs) Cool. Okay. Oh, I feel like you're ramping up to something. He's rubbing his hands. Uh, I am. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. It's all right. I've remembered. Okay. The questions I've already asked. And I may have asked you them already, but maybe your answers have changed. Mm.
2: Um, I'm stroking my beard as I
0: I hear this.
1: I'm stroking Ed's beard as I hear this.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um... Uh, if somebody was going to step on stage with you
1: uh-huh.
0: what could they do to delight you
1: not put um. a pie in the face <laughs> <laughs> or, or do it yeah, weirdly, my,
0: my response is the other thing put a pie
2: in my face yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: honestly that's
2: why you work so well
1: together yeah. I don't know no, honestly le- the flip is fine <laughs>
2: yeah. legit that's actually something that, that I've noticed in that we Katie and I in terms of writing sideliners we agree on it on 90% of things mm. but we we disagree on about 10% of things, but they're all ways in which that are helpful. So, for instance, we have very different attitudes about romance. I am a bit of a cheesy romantic, uh, and a lot of the time in the scripts there'll be some big emotional sort of call to God or coming to God or whatever they call it. This big sort of emotional speech of like, listen, here's what I think of you, and it would cu- it would not work. It would be cheesy, or it would be it would just get it would be too much. Uh, and then. Um, and Shoot the my... Unromantic would get involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It has a whole show with that title. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and would make it funny and would make it work and would look at it critically and take take away all of the unnecessary fluff. And what we would have there would be a really strong scene.
1: And that works the other way as well. You know, if I'm just writing like cold, hard, cynical <laughs> nonsense, then it needs a bit of heart to it. So it, it completely goes both ways. Yeah, sure. yeah.
0: Cool. And... Um... What's your signature move? What is the other person's signature oh, move? Nice. Oh shit. What do they do that saves the day? Brings the house down. It's a surefire, reliable thing to do. I'm filling, by the way. This is what you should, you should do if you're ever hosting an improv show and you want a suggestion from the audience. Give them yeah. a bit of time to think, ask them for it, okay. and then just sort of fill for a bit. See, I'm
2: just listening give, to Stuart now,
0: sort of thinking. Yeah, yeah it's a bit
1: filling for us. a yeah. listening.
0: Exactly. It's lovely. Giving obvious. you time to think.
1: All right, I'm on it. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. No, I just looking back at the last week. I think uh, do. You, Wait, are we doing our ones or each other's, each other's. ones? Oh, right. Then, or, uh, you can do,
0: or do each other's and then do I mean, your own. See if you yeah, get can them, I do it? both? Yes. I
1: think, I I don't know if it's your signature move, but I like the fact that you call yourself a human climbing frame. <laughs> because I'm like, great, whatever happens, I can climb on you and you'll be fine with it. Absolutely. And that's fun for me. So that's good. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
2: I think, I think uh, one of Katie's signature moves, for sure, is just committing to a concept and turning it up to 11 and making it matter in a scene like uh if she's gonna i'm just gonna i'm gonna reveal what we were dancing around for a little bit if she's gonna play beelzebub's cock she's gonna play (laughs) a fucking three foot hard cock you know what i mean uh and uh you know this is a uh and that cock will also give the devil horn symbol with the at the top uh yeah no katie for sure uh is someone who will take your idea She'll take the ball of your idea, she'll run with it and she'll score a touchdown.
1: I'll take the ball of your idea and I'll play
2: a dick. <laughs> I feel
0: that that is the natural end of the podcast. Where do you Some go from classic
1: b- sound bites there?
0: classic soundbites there. There's nowhere else that we can go from that. Thank you for being guests again.
1: Yeah, We yes, really love it. Thank you. you. I'm going to flip over a chair. Whoa very responsible and gentle way. (laughs) You've changed. (laughs) I made this. That's improv!